0: The production of Conversations That Matter with Stuart McNish is made possible thanks to the support of Audlin Brown, BD Developments, and listeners and viewers like you. Please visit ConversationsThatMatter.ca and become a patron. Cancer. There are more than 200 different types. The odds are incredibly high, one in two in fact, that you or someone you know is going to get cancer. It is an insidious disease. It can start almost anywhere in your body, and then it spreads. Stopping its spread is the work of cancer researchers all over the world, and BC experts are at the leading edge developing breakthroughs. Recently, a multi-site phase one clinical trial launched by BC Cancer and the Ottawa Hospital Research Institute of made in Canada chimeric antigen receptor t-cells demonstrated positive results car t-cells are powerful new tools for treating cancer that are created by genetically modifying a person's existing t-cells these t-cells are being used to target cd19 a protein marker found on all b cells in patients with leukemia and lymphoma Phase two will allow BC Cancer to produce the CAR T-cell product and run the trial for 20 patients in BC over the next two years. Dr. Brad Nelson, the director of the Dealey Research Center says, over the next several years, BC Cancer's CAR T-cell program will expand beyond leukemia and lymphoma to create new and improved treatments for a wide spectrum of cancers. Sarah Roth, the CEO of the BC Cancer Foundation says, the Dealey Research Center in Victoria is a world pioneer in immunotherapy, harnessing the body's own immune system to prevent, control, and eliminate cancer, and it has already revolutionized cancer care. I invited Sarah Roth to join me for a conversation that matters about the many research projects underway in British Columbia that will help us to defeat cancer. It's a big task, isn't it, Sarah?
1: It is. Thank you for having me.
0: No, it's it's kind of my pleasure. Uh, I find you know we talked about one and two people. Um, You know, I just lost my brother um, to cancer and I wish you know I've been sort of watching these advances for a long time and I wish that we were further ahead but we are making progress and how important is it the work that you know I just talked to uh, um, you know about what's what's happening in Victoria um how important is the work that we're doing here in BC not just locally but nationally and internationally
1: sorry to hear about your brother and you shared with me it was pancreatic cancer which is a a devastating diagnosis i i think when you when you talk to oncologists today they tell you it's the most exciting time in their career and that's because of a few things the advances in technology have allowed us to look at cancer not just as a group of cells but as individual cells It's allowed us to do genetic testing and genomic testing to when we sequence the genes of cancer tumors faster and it's less expensive. So there's a lot of hope, and British Columbia has so much to be proud of.
0: Give me an example beyond the one that I just cited that you go, okay, take a look at what we're doing and what it means as we move forward in our ability to defeat cancer's ability to replicate without killing the rest of the body.
1: Yes, and that is key. So the buzzword now in healthcare is precision medicine. Mm -hmm. And that really means the tailored treatment for you, your cancer, your body, that's gonna be successful. And with cancer, There's huge amounts of progress being made there. So I'll give you an example of what's happening with breast cancer. So actually, over a decade ago, BC Cancer's breast cancer research team discovered that breast cancer is not just one type of cancer. It's actually more than 10 subtypes. So why is that important? because now we can tailor specific treatments to each of those subtypes. So right now, the BC Cancer Foundation, we have funded a province-wide study where every single breast cancer diagnosed patient is being offered the opportunity to participate in research, which is essentially offering a sample of her tumor or, or, or saliva or blood. That's being studied. Um, and so all of that data is going to m- really make a difference because we'll learn more and follow those women to better understand what treatments have worked or not.
0: Will that data be part of the uh, Personalized Oncogenomics Program or POG? Yeah,
1: great Uh, question. So the Personalized Oncogenomics Program, and I know you had Dr. Marco Mara who leads that on your program, um, is something that BC Cancer is a world leader in. And the BC Cancer Foundation has been a huge funder in that project. And that's a bit different. That is, right now, to be eligible for, to have your, your tumor sequenced in that program, as a patient, you have exhausted other options. The chemotherapy hasn't worked, the radiation hasn't worked, the drug isn't. And we, we don't give up right we don't want to say there's nothing left for you so what bc cancer has pioneered is taking that tumor from that patient sequencing the entire genome and about 40 percent of the patients for whom we do this have a target they have discovered a target that might not be a drug that has is say you have a lung cancer it's not one of the drugs offered for lung cancer it's a drug offered maybe for another disease even for diabetes or a different type of cancer that will work for you so it's kind of like a miracle doesn't work for everyone but where are we going to go in the future is the hope is this will become standard of care, where we will have the ability to sequence everyone's tumor so we can better understand your DNA.
0: So how many different projects, research projects, do you have underway right now?
1: Yeah, thousands. It's unbelievable (laughs) what's being done. So whether that's clinical trials, which is done, we have right now at BC Mm -hmm. Cancer Vancouver, for example, which is the biggest clinical trial site, we have 49 clinical trials ongoing right now. So those are patients in treatment, participating in a trial at the cancer center. We have six cancer centers across the province in Kelowna, Victoria, Abbotsford, Surrey, Prince George, and Vancouver. There are clinical trials in every single one of those centers. And why is that important? Because if we're not testing new therapies, we're not gonna advance treatment. And so being a part of that is very exciting. And again, that's funded through donors.
0: Please visit ConversationsThatMatter.ca and become a patron. It's thanks to listeners and viewers and the ongoing support of Audlin Brown and Beattie Developments that the production of this program is possible. It's extraordinary and I, I actually have to talk a little bit about the support that you're getting from donors because it looks to me to be extraordinary. In British Columbia we have a tendency sometimes to downplay the importance of what we're doing but it looks to me like the community is really getting behind what BC Cancer uh, as far as research is concerned saying we want to get behind this because we can make a difference.
1: What I say to people it's very simple. If you want to be part of the solution. We know there are challenges in the healthcare system. And we unfortunately know that cancer impacts each of us, whether ourselves or someone we love. So let's, we can do something about it. And wh- an easy thing to do is to support. And that can happen in so many different ways at any level. And the reason why that's important is because from diagnosis to survivorship or, sadly, end-of-life care, during that journey, donor money has played a role in every step. When you think about screening, BC Cancer discovered the pap pap test. That was a discovery here in our province by our, our scientists. Well, that was funded by philanthropy, so now that's a global way to screen for cervical cancer. Imaging, if you need a PET CT, which is a standard of care to see where the cancer cells are, We just funded two more machines across the province in Victoria and Kelowna, so now there's four and soon there'll be more. Treatment, you're on a drug. Well, that drug started in a clinical trial somewhere and donor money funds that. And then if you are struggling with your mental health, which I'm very passionate about this and know that many families do because, you know, cancer is a physical disease, but of course it causes a lot of anxiety and often depression. We have a whole program at BC Cancer funded through donors that provides support to families.
0: So tell me how does a research project come into being? Like, where do the ideas come from? And then how does it advance forward?
1: Think of it like... An entrepreneur well it's very similar in science and there are lots of ideas that don't work but the reason why scientists we need to keep supporting science is because when it does work that could be what saves your life and so what the way it works for, at bc cancer is we can't have everyone trying all their ideas because that would be a ton of money and a lot of potentially wasted effort however We encourage that, we encourage new ideas. We have a lot of PhD students and master students who are working with more senior and seasoned scientists who are working on all kinds of ideas and trying things. And we wanna give them the resources so they can do that. Mm -hmm. And then once an idea has some data behind it, they can apply for government grants or other sources. So we as a foundation like to think of ourselves a bit like venture capital. We want to seed fund these scientists and these ideas. Now immunotherapy, the story you started with in the beginning, Mm -hmm. is I think our best example in my eight years as CEO of the foundation of how donor money on an idea has turned into a remarkable achievement. So Dr. Brad Nelson and Victoria needed to build a clean lab. So you talked about CAR T cells. So that's what they essentially do is they extract your T cells, which are your fighting cells to fight bad germs from your body. Well, you need a facility to do that in an incredibly sanitary way. So we fundraised millions of dollars to build that at BC Cancer Victoria and the Dealey Research Center. The government wouldn't have done it because it was an idea. They hadn't proved that they could do it. So we built it. You fast forward to today, these trials, we are funding those trials too. Because, again, the government's like, well, this might not work. Well, now it's working, and now the government's going to come in and fund more of it. So those are examples of where Brad had an idea, and he needed the money to try it out and that's what we love to do.
0: Okay, you're helping start up, as you say, yes. you're like a venture capitalist in some ways. Mm-hmm. How do we, and this is one of, the, I think, one of the big challenges that we have here, and I'm hoping the, the foundation can play a role in this. How do we help to stabilize those organizations and set them up for continued growth so that they'll stay here and not only provide the, the benefits to patients, But they'll also become an enormous economic driver or engine in the B.C. economy. What do we need now to do rather than giving away, which we have done before? You talk Mm -hmm. about the pap smear. Mm -hmm. Why isn't the center of it all here? Mm -hmm. Because it's hard to get us beyond the stage where we're great at Mm -hmm. starting with these ideas. But let's take them right through to completion and out into the world market.
1: Maybe I'm asking on your mandate. It's, you know what, yeah. that's
0: happening. So yeah.
1: many BC Cancer scientists have patented technology, have started biotech companies that are doing global, making global impact. Stem cell technologies is one of the greatest examples. I'm yes, sure you know Alan Eves started, <laughs> yeah. he and his wife Connie started at BC Cancer. Connie Eaves, his wife, <laughs> is the longest employee at BC Cancer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and very successful scientists specializing in blood cancer. Well, they saw that, you know what, there was a gap. We need better technology to extract stem cells. So they did it and they created this company that has global impact, has thousands of employees based in British Columbia. So I think we have to remember that we invest in science here in our province, that's an investment in our economy.
0: This is our second break. We'll be back in a moment. Please visit ConversationsThatMatter.ca and become a patron. It's thanks to listeners and viewers and the ongoing support of Audlin Brown and Beattie Developments that the production of this program is possible. I think is a very important yes. investment and I think that the uh, work that you're doing and supporting is one of the uh, really important areas in which we can have a distinct advantage globally. Um, you know, Right now, as, as I understand it, British Columbia is the 21st best uh, location in the world to start a bio life or biomedical research company. And it's because of uh, the work of you know BC Cancer Foundation in supporting all that that we've created this network. What else do we need to do to now make us even more attractive, move us up that scale?
1: I think people are attracted to the best. People wanna work with the best and people wanna work in an ecosystem where they're gonna feel supported, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's, I see that as our role and I think, I think British Columbia has, you know, one of the things I will say is British Columbia has a unique advantage from other jurisdictions because we're a population health system. So one of the reasons why we have a lot of success in research is because we have population-based data. Okay? Okay, explain that. I will. <laughs> so, um, cancer. In Ontario, lots of different cancer centers, not just one. You can get your care at Sunnybrook, you can get your care at Princess Margaret, others I'm not familiar. Same across the country, different hospitals do cancer. We are the only province, the only jurisdiction we're aware of where it's one cancer system. So if you are a cancer patient at BC Cancer Prince George, BC Cancer Kelowna, you are getting the same protocols. We are collecting all of the data in one system. So the richness of that in research is very powerful because it's not siloed. So we can look at all of the breast cancer patients in the province, all of the liver cancer patients in the province, and that gives us a lot of information. So that is one of the reasons why people want to come here and work here in the health system. It's not just in cancer. We do this in, in transplant, in other, in other fields. So I think um, the way, sort of, if you, one question could be, what can individuals listening or watching this do? How can they be a part of it? I think show an interest in what's happening here scientifically and medically and find a way that you're passionate about to support it. Because A, it's gonna benefit you, just we'll have a better healthcare. But B, as you say, it's gonna create more of an ecosystem. We wanna recruit and retain the best people and they wanna feel supported.
0: Okay, so is there one other advantage in British Columbia, and I'm maybe being naive in asking this, but we have such a diverse population base. Mm-hmm. We have people from around the world. Literally every culture lives here. And I remember doing some some work with the ph- uh, pharma- uh, pharmaco- uh, pharmacogenomic program, mm-hmm. uh, and talking about the ACGs and Ts of like, uh, a man from Atlanta whose heritage is, you know, Latvian or something. Mm-hmm. His genetic makeup is going to be different than somebody from South America. Um, but that person from South America may have a cousin in Toronto, and their genetic makeup is going to be different based on where they're living. And so, But we have to understand all of these things. But there aren't jurisdictions like Vancouver that you can say, well, we have people from all these different backgrounds uh, from around the world that we can, you know, Go in and, and create this data bank, like a tissue bank in a way, um, that allows us to, you know, understand the genomic makeup of their cancers, their life, and so on. So, does that add another richness to what we're doing here?
1: The diversity of our community is a huge r- richness on number a number of levels. I'll give you a good example. So, we have a fairly large Chinese-Canadian population in British Columbia. There is an increased risk for Asian women of Asian descent for lung cancer and Mm -hmm. this is we are seeing it in the system so BC cancer scientists are asking the question is that genetic is that environmental now men so there's a hypothesis that in fact there's an environmental component so many of the immigrants who came from mainland China which we know has worse pollution than we have in our beautiful province Mm -hmm. of British Columbia. Even if they came as toddlers or as young children, it was enough that their DNA was changed because of what they experienced early in life. And this is just sort of data that's coming out and it's being led by BC cancer. So that is an example of where there could be genetics. They're working on that, but it's also where they where they spent formative years and what was what was the environment like? Because we do know that pollution has an impact. So that's epigenetically, epigenetically, yeah. and right. then for another example is um, you referenced the donation that we announced yesterday from the Diamond Foundation, which is um, going to support. Bringing more awareness to people that may carry the BRCA gene, which is a one of the hereditary genes that can put you at higher risk for breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and prostate cancer. It's not just a gene that affects women. Um, we do know, it's a fact that if you ha- if you are of Ashkenazi Jewish descent, that population, and we have about. Um, 25,000 that we know of Ashkenazi Jewish people in our province, you are at a much higher risk of carrying this gene. Hmm. So we are going to pilot an awareness campaign and to offer genetic testing to that population. That's cancer prevention in action. And that's an example of where the diversity of your community allows you to do some segmentation to better understand why are some people at higher risk than others.
0: Third and final break. We'll be right back. Please visit ConversationsThatMatter.ca and become a patron. It's thanks to listeners and viewers and the ongoing support of Audlin Brown and Beattie Developments that the production of this program is possible. So the last point that we've got time to touch on, I see people who have had uh, treatment for whether it's childhood, leukemia, or other cancers in their life, uh, that has had an epigenetic effect mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. What are we doing research-wise to say, OK, mm-hmm. you're cancer-free now, mm-hmm. but what do we need to do to help to ensure that you're cancer-free for decades, not mm-hmm. 15 years or so? Mm-hmm. Is, is this a component of, what, mm-hmm. of the work that you're doing?
1: Yes, so um, one of the challenges with pediatric cancers, which have a very high cure rate, about 80%, so that's wonderful, wonderful, um, is that often there are other complications that are actually related to the treatment. And it's not so much that they're at risk of relapsing and getting cancer later in life, but perhaps they might have heart heart problems or neurological problems. So we have a whole program at BC Cancer called the Adolescent and Young Adult Program, where they are doing lots of studies and following these people to better understand. Another interesting study that we're funding is for head and neck cancers. So head and neck cancers are very hard to treat. Mm-hmm. It's a very aggressive treatment is radiation, primarily, and um, has a fairly high relapse rate. So they are actually looking at, and this goes back to the POG program, the genomics, we're funding a study where they're going to sequence the tumors of the patients for whom who have relapsed to better understand why, and is, is there a correlation between the type of radiation that they used? Because if we can tailor the treatment with, from the first cancer to better to better the odds that the cancer won't return. So these are ways that we, we are looking at how do we ensure that cancer patients stay cancer free.
0: So as you pointed out, uh, the government uh, healthcare administrators go, well, we're not going to invest in this because you know we have to be dedicating our money towards the actual you know healthcare treatment. treatment. Yeah. So how important is it for you know people who are watching us? to get behind what you're doing and support the work that you're doing. Like, could it happen any other way?
1: I think British Columbians are so generous and we are grateful that as the, the charity that supports BC Cancer, our money stays in our province, it supports every BC Cancer worker, whether you're a clerk or you're a scientist or you're an oncologist, our money goes to you because we have the best people taking care of all the people we love. So I'm just grateful for the support.
0: Thank you very much for coming in and sharing these insights into the thousands of pro- programs that you've got underway. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Please visit ConversationsThatMatter.ca and become a patron. It's thanks to listeners and viewers and the ongoing support of Odlin Brown and Beatty Developments that the production of this program,